Hi, I'm Dave Bush on KZ1O, and this is 99hobbies.com. Hi, welcome back to 99hobbies.com. I set a new record for distance today on the podcast by talking to Jeff Johnson, VK4XJJ, from here in New Hampshire all the way to Australia. Jeff recently walked across the continent of Australia, and he had ham radio with him as he went. Let's see how he did it. I'm on the phone today with Jeff Johnson, VK4XJJ. Hi, Jeff. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, morning here in Australia, that is. <laughs> it's, uh, it's supper time here. Um, Jeff, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about, um, if, well, let's just put it this way. Have you done anything interesting lately? <laughs> Uh, yes, Dave, and indeed I have. Uh, a few years ago, uh, more or less on a whim, um, I was uh, recently retired, 66 years of age, and I heard uh, of some Australian folks that had done a bicycle ride across Australia. Hmm. It's uh, over 2,000 kilometres from south to north, and they were well supported with people setting up tents and feeding them, etc. But after I'd listened to the radio interview, um, it it uh, crossed my mind that I could uh, do the same distance, but I could walk with a backpack, and I'm a uh, keen radio, uh, amateur radio operator, and um, I thought it would be good to uh, to kit myself out and uh, remain in contact via amateur radio. Oh. So you did that? And then I did it. Um, in 2007, in April, I set out from a town called Port Augusta on the ocean on the southern uh, part of Australia, and over five months, I walked up through the centre, through the desert, mainly following main roads. Uh, but main roads, in that case, uh, was a couple of tyre tracks. Um, and then uh, finally uh, wetting my feet again in the Gulf of Carpentaria, up at a little town called Corumba. Mm. And what was that distance again? That was, uh, my distance was 2,500 kilometres. But I did divert slightly uh, to pick up towns here and there, so it wasn't a straight line. And how long did that take, all total? Okay, the total time was 151 days, uh, but some of that time was spent smelling roses, as I like to call it. <laughs> I'd spend a couple of days here and a couple of days there visiting a cattle station, um, or I'd just pop into a town like uh, Townsville, which has got a very, uh, very interesting um, life. Um, with a total population of 60 people uh, and in the middle of absolutely nowhere. My trek into uh, Townsville was 440 kilometres from the previous town of a population of five, <laughs> a town called Inaminka. So from a, a population of five to a population of 60 was 440 kilometres, with one cattle station in between. <laughs> I looked at uh, some of the pictures that I've seen on the web, and it looks like you've got a, a backpack and a, you have a solar cell on the front. Was that, was that right? I did. I had a 5-watt solar panel. Um, I needed to keep my uh, radio powered up, a 5-watt Yaisu FT817. Mm -hmm. um, and I built myself a little 12-volt uh, uh, battery pack out of uh, nickel metal hydride AA, 2,500 milliamp hours. Mm. Um, and I charged that from my 12-volt, 5-watt solar panel that hung on my front, seeing I was walking north. Originally, I had it on my backpack on the back, but it didn't seem to work too good with the uh, 
with the sunshine coming on my front. Um, but I sorted that um, fairly early in the piece, and it did keep it going. And I had a camera with me as well, and radio, uh, uh, a little UHF um, CB radio as well, and and some other gear, G- GPS. So I had to keep my batteries charged. Oh, it sounded like you were, you were pretty well equipped for all this. Um. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an extreme hobbyist as well, and so I even carried like a multimeter with me and stuff like that, which, <laughs> I mean, probably went to the expense of a few muesli bars. <laughs> well, and my backpack weight was, oh yeah, sorry, my backpack weight was uh, between 20 and 28 kilograms, depending on, you know, water weight more than anything else. And uh, did you did you take food with you? And I assume you had water, but how about food and snacks and things like yeah, that? Yeah, food food was a bit of a problem because I was uh, like many days at a time. And so what I did really was to rely on my body weight. Um, I was a heavy weight when I started. I was 89 kilos and probably um, super fit. I would be 80 to 82 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can't convert that to pounds for you, sorry. Um, uh, but uh, as I walked, I, I lost that weight, and I lived on uh, two-minute noodles and, and soup, uh, which I rehydrated and heated up in my billy. Um, uh, and uh, and then when I got to a caravan park or a small town, uh, I would then fill up on hamburgers and chips and ice cream and chocolates, which was a bit of a chore. Now I love that stuff. Um, and I had to put the body weight back on again, so... Um, so that was the way I got over the uh, the energy problem, the food problem. And water was not as bad as I thought it would be. I planned very, very well, needless to say. Uh, but I also followed the road so that uh, there, if there were tourists, and I did go four days without seeing anybody at all, yeah. uh, but if there were tourists, then at least I could fall back on that, which I did on two occasions to top up my water supply. Well, let's say um, on a typical day when you decided it was time to uh, get on to HF, um, what was the process of, of getting on the air when you wanted to? Um, yeah, um, the, the the best time for the for the uh, contact each day was in the late afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was contacting my brother uh, on the on uh, Newcastle on the eastern coast of Australia, and I was pretty well in the middle, about two thousand kilometres away. And um, and the best time was in the late afternoon, just as the sun was setting, and so that was five thirty. Um, and the process was that I was uh, I'd stop and uh, take my backpack off, but uh, looking ahead, the the country out there in a lot of cases was uh, absolutely dead flat, and the chances of even finding a tree were fairly limited. <laughs> um, oh, in 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 one case or two cases, I can remember there was a roadside sign that said there's a bend up ahead, and that stood about six feet above the uh, the top of that was six foot above the ground level. And one end of my uh, Venetian blind cord was tied there to support my uh, dipole, um, half-wave dipole, on 40 metres. And the other end was tied to a rock on the ground so that my centre balance, my feed point, was actually below my knees while I was talking. <laughs> and uh, that's not the optimum height for a 40-metre no, uh, dipole. <laughs> um, and I was on 5 watts. Um, but uh, I did get through every day. I got through every day, and uh, I had a friend in Queensland as well, and he was running a very good set. Uh, he was well. He was running 100 watts, uh, and he was very experienced. And the other person I spoke to was my brother in Newcastle, and he had a similar 5 watt IC2 myself. 
Um, and so our communications wasn't particularly good, but we got through often. Um, but I was able to report my uh, GPS position every night. And I was walking 20 to 30 kilometres a day, so if anything should go wrong, at least they had a pretty good idea where I was. And um, as it turned out, uh, it, there never was uh, any real problems with it. Well, actually, now that I think of it, with a low antenna like that, you probably had a, a vertical signal, and for close-end communications, that may not have been such a bad thing. With, with um, now, the... Uh, the, the <laughs> it, it's a bit hard for me to... Uh, to, to, to um, to talk about it, um, I, I had the there was a horizontally uh, it was a horizontal antenna uh -huh. for me. Uh, my brother had a, a whip, and so he was vertically oriented. Um, but it was two thousand kilometres, so it was definitely skyway. Uh -huh. um, well, the good thing I, is that I, it worked. <laughs> it, it did it did work, and it worked surprisingly well. And, and the hams that I spoke, I, besides speaking to my my keepers. Um, I spoke to other hams as well. We got very good coverage on the National uh, Wireless Institute of Australia broadcast. Oh. And so other hams were joining in the conversation every evening as well. Oh, good. Uh, and so that, that kept me going for an hour or so. Oh, I guess um, so. Each night just, yeah, just making contacts and the same people coming on and seeing where I was and how I was getting on. Well, you said that you went, uh, one time you went four days without seeing anybody. I, I suppose that having a ham radio with you made a big difference there. Yeah, it, it did. Um, also, uh, during that four days, there was uh, heavy rains and the roads were closed, which is the reason that I didn't, um, I didn't see anybody because nobody was on the roads. And I deviated from the main road and, and used a service road that followed a uh, gas pipeline uh, because I figured it would be in, uh, uh, more important to keep that road open than it would be just to keep a tourist road open for, for four-wheel drivers. Uh, as it turned out, there was no traffic on that road either. Um, uh, but it was uh, it, it was very waterlogged, and the creeks were up, and it was still raining while I was walking. So that uh, one day on that particular road, I had to stay 24 hours in the one spot before I could move on. Oh boy! Mm. Um, there actually, there were two things, Jeff. I wanted to ask you about. One was about the book, and the other was about the uh, charity. Um, tell me a little bit about the book. Yeah, the book, I'm, I'm not a book person. In other words, I'm not a journalist or writer. I certainly didn't set out to uh, to do something so that I could write a book about it. But I was um, uh, spoken harshly to by my brother to make sure I took good notes and lots of photographs. <laughs> um, and when I did, um, on the very last day, uh, it was a little bit stage managed that I walked into the water while I was talking to a... Australia uh, national broadcaster called Australia All Over. And so I did time it to meet his um, schedule for 8, eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. Um, uh, where was I heading, Dave? Uh, About the book and the uh, yeah, notes you and, took. Yeah, there, there was a bit of a gathering there. It wasn't a big event. There would have been 10 or 15 people there all together um, that saw me walk into the water. But one fellow walked up after the crowd had died down a little bit and he said, you know, there's a story in this. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah probably is. It was, it was all very low-key. Um, and uh, he introduced himself, and he was a journalist, and uh, a retired journalist and a freelance writer, and did have 15 or so books in print. 
he approached me the next day, came and saw me the next day, and he actually gave me a quote for him to um, to do a book as told uh, as as me telling the story to him. And it turned out that uh, that's what we eventually went ahead and did. Uh, he warned me that uh, such a book would cost quite a bit of money to publish and that the chances of sales are definitely not guaranteed. Uh, but but my, my ego was such that I agreed immediately and I said, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we should have a book. And I actually went back to work for 12 months um, to raise the funds necessary to, uh, to write the book. And I'm so sorry. the book I picked up... Just yesterday, Dave, I, uh, I went to the uh, transport company and picked up the books, and they're absolutely lovely, and I love it, and they're now for sale on the internet as a um, uh, as an e-book version for download for reading on the computer, and of course I have the book uh, in my hands that I can sell physically. I have 2,000 copies printed. That's, that's wonderful. Is it something that um, you could... You could say during this podcast, or is it something I should put in the notes for somebody to click on? If somebody wanted to. Uh, I, I've, the book is called Golf to Golf because the walk was from the uh, Spencer Golf in South Australia to the Gulf of Carpentaria in Queensland. Mm -hmm. So I have called the book Golf to Golf, um, and uh, you can Google Golf to Golf um, or Jeff's Walk. Um, but the the uh, web page is golftogolf.org. Okay, good, good. And I'll also yeah, put golftogolf.org. And you said that oh, you you said you were going to send me some links also that I could put on my page so that people can find out uh, more about your adventure. Ah, too. yes, I'll certainly I'll certainly do that. Yep. Okay. Now, um, this was all about a, a charity walk, wasn't it? <laughs> it is. It is indeed about a charity walk. Um, uh, my elder brother, Bill, uh, his daughter, one of his two daughters, was uh, born with a uh, severe um, disability, not being able to um, to speak or to hear, um, other than, than very uh, crude sounds. Mm -hmm. And um, and she she passed away recently, um, at, yeah, about, about 34 years of age. And I was very, very close to my niece, Nicola. And the book, in fact, is dedicated to Nicola. Oh, that's nice. And I, I raised funds for the Deaf Blind Association uh, in New South Wales, uh, which is a worldwide... Uh, there are groups worldwide for deaf blind people. It is a very uh, debilitating situation to be both deaf and blind. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and the, the, the book as well, I will be donating half of my... Uh, Half of my profits to the uh, to the deafblind association, so I'm still associated very much with the, the charity side of it. Oh, that's so good to hear. So this is all going to be in the um, in the information that we'll put up on the. Uh, on oh, very the much. So. Yeah, there's a lot of information on my own web page, which is uh, jeffswalk.com. Okay, jeffswalk.com. Good. Com. Yeah, I think you know of that one. Yes, that's. Uh, and I will send you a link for the. Uh, yeah, actually, the book information is there. The golf to golf org is just a simple one, to, a simple name that I can mention in such places as this, so that uh, people can uh, can can write it down easily. Oh, that's great. I, I I wanted to ask another question. Did you um were you able to make any contacts with um any kind of DX like the United States? Uh, no, I did get one call across to New Zealand. Oh, um, okay. Uh, so that was that was my DX. Oh no, I'm sorry. I spoke to one in Canada. 
Oh, good. Yeah, so I was, yeah, I was on a, station, a, a cattle station, a sheep station actually called Wirialpa. Oh, there were some beautiful names out there, and I've made quite a, uh, a thing about that in the book because they're, they're, they're lovely names, Mula Watner and Wirialpa and all sorts of things. <laughs> uh, but I was on Wirialpa, and the, the uh, station, the fellow that owned the station, Warren, they had uh, HF equipment out there, what they call flying doctor radio. You may have heard oh, the expression. sure, sure. Yeah, and that was all done with HF and old pedal radios initially and all sorts of things. And he was uh, quite fascinated with my Yaisu at 1.1 kilograms and 5 watts <laughs> and my antenna slung up in the trees uh, that I was able to talk uh, quite easily. And, um, and a Canadian contact came on um, and, and we were both blown away by that. So, uh, yeah, so that, well, I did get that one very good DX, yes. Oh, well, that's great. The reason I asked was that um, if you plan to do something like this again, it'd be great to maybe talk to you on the ear, but that might be a little harder than it sounds. Well, it, it's, I'm certainly going to try my next project. I'm looking for a, um, a large, a 45-foot um, timber, uh, a catch, a sailboat, uh, in very, very poor condition, and I'm going to restore it over a period of years. And I will set up quite a good uh, amateur radio setup on that, uh, and invite uh, fellow amateurs to come out and um, and to and to do some DXing. So that could very well be on the cards. That sounds like a, a good reason for me to get my passport in shape and maybe come down and visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come and <laughs> come and do some planking with me and rubbing the rubbing the barnacles off or something. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, Jeff, is before we go, is there anything else you want to tell all of our listeners? Well, I did go to um, I did go to the U.S. Um, as a, um, a teenager. My father was employed by an Australian company that asked him to go overseas for two years, and so I did live in Boulder City, Nevada, uh, and also uh, mentor on the lake in Cleveland. Um, and the the Boulder City newspaper is going to do a small article on my walk, so that's uh, that's interesting. Oh, that's that's great. That's that's really interesting. Well, Jeff Johnson, VK4XJJ, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us, and uh, make sure that uh, the next time you do something like this, you tell us ahead of time, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, Dave, I will do that. Thank you very much for calling me. Okay, Jeff, 73. Hi, this is Dave again. Be sure to check 99hobbies.com for pictures and links that we've talked about during this podcast.